one how simple a task force of the most dangerous people on the planet. They're bad guys. Worst of the worst. What was that? I should kill everyone and escape? Sorry. The voices. Let's play! Don't forget, we're the bad guys. Suicide Squad. Rated PG-13. Experience it in IMAX 3D. Hello everyone, this is Rico, and you're listening to Trex in Sci-Fi. This will be show 597 for August 7th, 2016. And today's show, we're going to look at uh, a TNG episode. Yep, going to do a regular old Star Trek episode podcast thing. We're going to look at a TNG episode called The Chase, where um, Captain Picard gets to play Indiana Jones a little bit. <laughs> so, uh, I, again, thought I had covered that episode, but I'm covering it today going to probably play the episode and comment and talk about a few other things and we'll talk a little bit about the uh suicide squad movie which i just played a tv spot for i actually went to see that yesterday so uh, i tried to get to a chance to see it or i went to see it so i could talk about it on the podcast today and talk about some current tv that i'm enjoying and uh well you know the usual fun geeky goodness here on treks in sci-fi I'm Captain Kirk. Ladies and gentlemen, may I present the winners of the 74th Annual Hunger Games. We are the men in black. I'm the doctor, by the way. What's your name? Rose. Nice to meet you, Rose. Run for your life. My name is Optimus Prime. I am the Futus of War. Resistance is futile. Yes, a Jedi streak flows from the Force. But beware of the dark side. It's got a nice ring to it. I mean, it's not technically accurate. It's, it's a gold titanium alloy. I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. This is uh, Reach Cold, and you're listening to Trex and Sci-Fi. All right, again, welcome to the podcast, folks. This is Rico, your host. We are really close to 600 Trex and Sci-Fis. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I never really thought... Uh, I would get to that point. <laughs> I don't know what it means, but it's. Uh, I'm trying to target kind of uh, the end of this month to hit both. Let's see. It'll be, what, 11 years of podcasting, 600 podcasts. It'll be the 50th anniversary of Star Trek and all kinds of stuff. So, yeah, cool. All right, let's get into this. Um, hope everyone is well. Uh as always, if you're new to the show, thanks for joining. If you've been listening for a long time, thanks for coming back and uh, listening to another episode. Uh, the show last week, again, thanks to Dave for covering King Arthur Part 1 and his series. He's going to have the second part uh, out next week for uh, Treks and Sci-Fi. Really cool stuff uh, and, and something kind of different for the podcast. So I really have uh, enjoyed it so far. And 
big thanks to Dave. It's uh, it's cool to get a uh, a new person doing a guest spot too. We've uh, been looking for some of those, or I've been looking for some of those. And uh, again, you guys, if you have any ideas for a show, either one that you might want me to cover or one you want to cover yourself, just let me know. TrekSF at gmail.com. Patreon.com forward slash Treks and Sci-Fi is how you can support the show. Also, uh, if you've never done it, uh, a review on iTunes is always great. Uh, great to see those. And I think that's a good preamble for everything. So what's been going on? I've been... It's it's kind of nice now because most of the uh, set building project is pretty completed. Like I said uh, recently when I did the Beyond vidcast, I still got to do a few fun finishing touches. I need to get a... Uh, I need to get a uh, kind of a, a matte frame kind of thing that's going to go around where the TV sits in the screen to sort of frame it in nicer, uh, basically give it like a little border uh, and, and clean up that edge. Uh, it's hard to see. When you guys see pictures of it, it probably looks pretty okay and pretty good. But but here, you know, where I fit the TV in that opening that I made, it's not a perfect fit. Uh, I had to make it a little bit, of course, bigger than the TV. Uh, and actually made it probably a little too tight because it was, well, let's just say, making that uh, wall mount for the TV, I, I, I had to fidget around a lot with that to get it everything to fit right, but I got it there eventually. So uh, so I got to add that border, a couple other little touch-up things, but uh, other than that, it's pretty done. So I've been kind of taking it easy on the weekends a little more than I was the last week or two and giving me a chance to go see Suicide Squad yesterday. So, hey, let, let's... Uh, well, let's jump into Suicide Squad. I was going to talk about television stuff first, but there's, um, I think I'll talk about the movie Suicide Squad because I saw it just yesterday. It's fresh in my mind. Uh, and yeah, so, you know, we've got this whole ongoing comic book movie thing going between Marvel and DC, right? You know, they've done Man of Steel and, and, and Batman versus Superman earlier this year in, in March. And the ultimate edition of that movie just came out. And I said before I wasn't a big fan of that film. I thought it had some issues, especially in their portrayal of Superman. And I find that still these uh, DC films are, are just not nearly as fun. And they're kind of dark movies in general. And yeah, I guess I'm comparing them a little to what Marvel's doing. But I'm also comparing them to what I see when I read DC Comics. I read a lot of DC comics. I read a lot of Marvel uh, and uh, and other brands or you know companies comics, and I've read them for a long time. And I have a certain idea of what what they should be like. And it's it's just still hasn't really been there. But um, okay, so Suicide Squad. This uh, this movie that I saw yesterday, I liked it. I liked it quite a bit. I liked it probably better than Batman versus Superman, although I hate to compare the things because they're very different movies. I mean, the Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, whatever movie, that is, a, a, you know, I still feel it's a pretty epic film with, you know, having those characters on screen all together for the first time ever and, and battling and things. But again, I, I still have trouble with the characterizations a bit and, and, and the storyline a little. So um, Suicide Squad, though, it's just a load of fun, I think. I I think the characters, they nailed pretty well. Especially, I I would say certainly Will Smith as Deadshot, uh, Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn, uh, Jared Leto as the Joker, you know, even though... And I'm going to try to keep this pretty spoiler-free, but but I will say a couple things. So if you don't want to know anything, you know, stop now. 
uh, the podcast if you haven't seen Suicide Squad. I'm not going to reveal, like I said, probably anything you can't tell from the trailers. But Jared Leto as the Joker, he's not you know in the movie a lot but i think he does a really good job you know uh heath ledger as the joker in the dark knight film uh is is a pretty tough act to follow but i I think he's you know and i've read a lot of behind the scenes stuff and the guy was really fairly crazy uh you know and, and did some things to the castmates to almost stay in character and and stuff like that so uh and it kind of comes through i think in the in the movie but he, he's a small part of it, but I think he does a good job. And, and Margot Robbie is, is uh, Harley Quinn probably kind of steals the show, I think, uh, a little bit. Maybe not steals it. The, the other characters still have quite a bit to do, I think. There's certainly ones that are more in the background and, and not nearly um, as involved. But they all have their individual kind of little powers and the individual little moments in the movie. So that's good. But it's there's a lot of focus, I think, on Deadshot and, uh, and Harley Quinn in this film. And it's interesting, too, I've not seen the movie, but Margot Robbie and, and Will Smith uh, did this movie about a year ago called Focus. And I think he's some kind of a criminal or a thief or something. I haven't seen that movie, but they, it, it's interesting and funny that they they were both in that movie together and now they're in this. And they have, uh, they have a lot of good chemistry in this movie, and I think some of that probably comes from them working together for, a, for another film. But, uh, but yeah, and then there's this character of Katana and what else? It, there's just, and there's Boomerang and uh, Croc, uh, Killer Croc, and um, what else? We got Diablo. Uh, and, and I don't know, um, I know some of these characters pretty well from DC Comics, but not all of them really super well. Uh, Deadshot I know pretty well. Harley Quinn, of course, everyone seems to know these days. Of course, if you know, Harley Quinn was actually a character that was created in the Batman animated series uh, for the first time. And then eventually has become a very, very big fan favorite character. I mean, she's this hot-looking girl, uh, you know, crazy girl. I mean, and, and she's like the Joker's girlfriend. And I mean, and she's also shown up in those uh, Arkham Asylum games. And it's a ton of action figures and things out there. So uh, there's... There aren't a lot of characters like her in DC Comics. You know, the, the, the female characters tend to be like, you know, a character like Wonder Woman or Supergirl. Uh, and, and there are others like, you know, Batgirl, Huntress, and things that are not uh, super-powered per se. But um, but she's a lot of fun in this. So so the, the, the big thing about this movie is that, you know, the, the word around town and the word on the internet uh, was the word around town. Really, the word on the internet was that, you know, the critics and some people were really bashing it. I mean, they were really saying it was terrible that DC can't make a good comic book movie and so forth. So as I was watching this movie, and there's even somebody that I know on Facebook that said that they walked out of the movie. And I'm like, I, I kept watching this movie. And I, you know, I, I would say especially the first half, two thirds to me was 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 really good and i kept saying well what's what's the people's what are what's everyone's problem with this movie i think this movie is doing these characters the, the way they need to and the storyline and that they're basically set up as this suicide squad as a, as a team of bad people bad guys uh and and women that that are are sent in to sort of like do bad things but they're cannon fodder i mean they're if they live great if they don't well doesn't really matter because amanda waller who's put this team together is using it almost like an execution group, and um, so the uh, you know they got nothing to lose almost kind of a situation. 
but there's a lot of good character stuff. There, there's good stuff with Deadshot, especially, and and his character. And Will Smith, I, I think, adds a lot. I think if they had picked someone else in that, you know, a different actor, I think that was a great casting choice. Him and especially Margot Robbie and, and Will Smith, I think, were, were perfect. I mean, they, I think they're adding a lot to this movie and adding a lot to how it's going to appeal to the masses. I mean, it's making a bunch of money. So good for good for people not listening to the critics because this movie again I think is a lot of fun, and, and they uh, they do a good job with it. So I I will walk out of it happy and uh, and and satisfied. And you know, is the plot a little yeah yeah maybe near the end especially and and, and there's not a lot of like it, it it's it's you know hey crazy thing happening they got to stop it kind of that that pretty much sums it up. It, there aren't a lot of there's not a lot given on that and it, it but ultimately it doesn't really matter this isn't really it's not the kind of story to me that that really matters that much in a star trek movie for example star trek beyond they need much more than that you know they need they need some background they need some some reasoning behind it a bit more than this 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 is a just a slam bang summer you know monster crazy thing going on that they've got to stop and that that's what's going on here so what else can i say without spoiling anything i uh i would definitely go see another one of these i mean i i think they uh they did a great job i i think they uh they took uh, a difficult group of characters and a difficult uh kind of story to do and, and did it did it well so uh i think it's got style i think it looks great and uh, yeah i was super impressed i'll definitely be picking this one up on blu-ray when it comes out and, and good for you guys good for dc you know there's humor in it and uh i i don't know what else to say except go see it if you are a fan of this kind of thing i i've been telling people if, if there are some movies that the trailers don't um there's a few things that happen in trailers some movies that, that doesn't really look like or the movie isn't really what the trailers uh, make it look like but i think these trailers do it well oh and the soundtrack for this film they use a lot of popular music a lot of rock music and things that like they've used in the trailers and they they intersperse that in the movie too and it, and it works super well it's kind of a little bit reminiscent of guardians of the galaxy there's even a song that they used in guardians that shows up in this movie too so uh it, it's uh it, it, there's a lot of there's a lot of people that will probably kind of be comparing guardians to this film because the guardians of the galaxy are not exactly perfect heroes i i would say they're certainly more her heroic like uh, than the than this group of uh, of basically villains, bad guys, uh, or you know they 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 try to do the right thing uh, for the most part. Guardians of the Galaxy, but but they're also a little bit on the outside edge of society, uh, and that's certainly what these characters are like. So, uh, but yeah, the soundtrack for this film is uh, is fantastic. The, there's a great amount of I don't I mean maybe there was some other background music going on. You know, like a. Uh, regular type of soundtrack would be but the the songs that they slip in at different points fit perfectly so uh, so yeah go check it out so i spent uh what 10 minutes at least talking about that um yeah let me take a very short break i'll come back and talk just a little bit about tv and then we'll get into the star trek episode when you're not listening to treks and sci-fi and our friend rico please listen to the anomaly podcast you can find us online at anomalypodcast.com that's a-n-o-m-a-l-y podcast.com
All right, a few things to talk about for what I've been watching on TV. Of course, it's summertime, not as much uh, television on right now, but I have been enjoying a few things. I guess the last week that I've been watching the most, and I have two episodes, yeah, two episodes to watch, finish it off tonight, but is um, that uh, great uh, Netflix series everybody's been talking about for the last few weeks called Stranger Things. Uh, it's on Netflix. It's just eight episodes long, a little uh, short, short mini-series season uh it's really good. If you are a fan of 80s-style kinds of TV, movies, things like Goonies, Gremlins, Poltergeist, uh, kind of has a Steven Spielberg kind of flair to it, a group of kids. I don't want to say too much about it, um, but everyone seems to be enjoying it, and it's very, um, very well done. A great group of actors, cool story, very interesting, uh, and... Uh, I, it's, I've been watching about an episode a night for the last week, and I've got, like I said, two left to watch. I've been kind of parsing it out rather than watching it like in a night or two. I just I don't usually do that type of thing, uh, but it is difficult because it's a great show, and I've uh, I've wanted to watch more each night. But I've like nope nope I'll wait till next tomorrow night and space it out. I mean, it, being that it's only eight episodes long. I don't feel like I have to like you know shove it down my throat and it's uh, I can take my time with it a little bit and let it kind of build in my head. But yeah, very cool uh, show, very cool concept. So check that out on Netflix. I I, I guarantee you're gonna really like it. Um, what else? Oh, Mr. Robot is back, which is it's not really sci-fi, but it's kind of techy, and it's certainly out there and and, and weird and, and crazy. And it's like a this season, the se- second season is like a little mini movie every week. So you should really be watching Mr. Robot. It's one of, to me, one of the best, most interesting t- TV shows on the air. I mean, it's it's unlike anything else on the air. And, uh, yeah, check that one out. I've been watching Killjoys on Sci-Fi. I haven't really, I've kind of lost interest in Dark Matter. Or I, I kind of stopped. There's a bunch of episodes on my TiVo, but I, I, I like Killjoys a lot better than Dark Matter, so I've been watching that uh, what else? Uh, the Last Ship is in season three right now. I, I've been enjoying that because they've been over in China uh, this year, and they're also uh, been just recently renewed for a fourth season. So uh, that show is about a you know a plague virus that that nearly wipes out the Earth and or the people on the Earth, and it's kind of a military show. Um, I think the what's his name? Well, I can't think of the guy's name. The guy that does the Transformers movies. Uh, Michael Bay, yeah, he's one of the executive producers of that show, so it's 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 pretty uh, rah rah military, but I, I enjoy it, and uh, and uh, I think that's about it. There's a couple other things I'm watching, but that those are the those are the highlights, I think, for sure. Oh oh, one last one, Preacher. Preacher uh, is nuts, crazy show, pretty violent, pretty bloody. Uh, and and just uh, is is nutsy as the comic, uh, but uh, they just finished its run of I think ten episodes they did for the season, and I think they're due to come back and for another season. I'm pretty sure that I read that. So um, yeah, that's a wacky show. So so check that one out too when you get a chance. Um, I think yeah, that should be good. Uh, always always cool stuff to see on, on TV. Uh, if you'd like to talk about any of that, you know, you can always check the Facebook group out. We still have a couple of people on the forum too. I, I, I still check in there and post the podcast up on the forum as well. So, uh, okay. So let's get into the Star Trek episode. We're about 20 minutes into the podcast, which is a good point in time. 
uh, this will take us to about an hour and five minutes. Episodes are about 44 or 45 minutes-ish for TNG. So, uh, yeah, let's do it. Oh, one last thing on this. Uh, there's a place called um, Heroes something, Heroes, the Heroes Channel, Heroes and industry or what's it it's h and i or something is the is the it's on comcast cable at least that i have here in in the detroit area but um they've been showing all star trek series except for the animated series but they've been showing everything from tos to enterprise uh every evening for the last couple of weeks they started showing these almost from uh episode one on for for each of the series so that's really cool they um yeah, they've been doing that. Uh, they do it on weekend nights. They do it on weekday nights. Uh, it varies the time and stuff, but check check out Heroes and Icons. I think that's what it is. The I stands for icons. Check that out um, if you want to watch some Star Trek on just your local cable. If you've got cable TV, you probably are getting this channel. Or maybe not. Who knows? So, all right, let's get into um, the episode The Chase uh, from TNG. Let's see, is this season, what are we at, six? Six, season six, yes. So here we go with uh, The Chase from the next generation of Star Trek. Captain's Log, Stardate 46731.5. We're in the midst of the Volterra Nebula, a stellar nursery. Our three-week mission is a routine analysis of several dozen protostars in various stages of development. Captain, I have completed the spectral evaluation of the outer shell. Our survey of this protostar is complete. Ensign laying the course for the next one, three-quarters impulse. Riker to Captain Picard. Go ahead, number one. May I see you in the observation lounge, sir? So this is starting pretty normal. You know, they're starting some... Be right there. Starting doing some... Charting of some star systems and so forth. And now uh, Picard's been called uh, away from the bridge. Oh, my God. Then you can identify that object, Mr. Picard. Professor Galen. Computer, lights up. I suppose I should say Captain Picard. The professor contacted me from his shuttle about an hour ago. He suggested that we surprise you. To clarify, I insisted in your first officer was good enough to accommodate me. I trust I'm not being overly presumptuous. Now that my star pupil is master of the stars. No one could be more welcome on the Enterprise. I never thought I would see a Kerlan Neskos. So there's this artifact on the table that Picard is awing over, basically. Fifth Dynasty. Is that your conclusion, Mr. Picard? Uh, forgive me again, I should say, Captain. No, uh, please, uh, Mr. will do fine. Um, well, the overall impression is certainly fifth dynasty um the the surface ornamentation yes green polychrome over the eyes and the eyes themselves are closed this is third dynasty from the workshop of the master of Tarquin hill well done Well, the master of Tarquin Hill designed ceramic objects that were 300 years ahead of their time. All we know of him is the work. His name was never discovered. This object is 
over 12,000 years old. The planet Curl. It's a hell of a long way outside Federation territory. Indeed. I thought your study of Curlin artifacts was done long ago. I happened to be in the neighborhood last summer. I couldn't resist. Go ahead. So he's pulling the uh, like top off this uh, looks like a big cookie jar to me at least, and uh... well, the Curlin civilization believed that an individual was a community of individuals. Inside us are many voices, each with its its own desires, its own style, its 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 own view of the world. The Curlin civilization died out thousands of years ago. It, it is extraordinarily rare to find a figurine intact. Professor, this is an incredible find. It's yours, Jean-Luc. Oh, no. No. Uh, how can I accept this? Graciously, Mr. Picard. You could accept it graciously. Thank you. How long can you stay? There's so much to talk about. The professor is scheduled to meet a Vulcan transport the day after tomorrow. Two days, but that's not enough time. We may have considerably more than that. I don't understand. I'm currently on an expedition, a journey into an unexplored and historical territory. And I intend to take you with me. Really? Oh, okay. All right. All right, I'll dial down this opening credits stuff. So this episode of the chase is uh, is is one episode, probably the episode that establishes Picard as this you know archaeologist, uh, you know, from his studies. <clears throat> Excuse me. And you get to learn a little bit about his background and history. Of course, this uh, professor. Galen uh, is is one of uh, Picard's former teachers. This episode is from season six, like I said earlier. First aired on April 26, 1993. It is uh, directed by Jonathan Frakes by number one. Uh, and it is from a story by Ronald D. Moore and Joe Manoski, teleplayed by Joe Manoski. One of the interesting things I was reading before I started uh, the recording today is that th this script took a long time to, to pull together. It took like over a year for them to come up with a, a final script that they felt was workable. And some of that's because they say it uh, started out as more of a comedic, mad, mad, mad world type of uh, like that movie where it's this big long chase, uh, and and you know hence the title of the chase for this, but. Uh, so, so they tried to bring it back home a little bit, tried to make it a little less goofy and, and comedic. And there's um, other things I'll tell you as we watch the episode together, but that's part of it. So, yeah, this is pretty cool, I think. All right, get back into Act 1. Supplemental. It's been over 30 years since I last saw my archaeology professor. His presence has taken me back to a time when I had considered a very different career. May I ask you a frank question? Please. 
Your published writings have been sporadic for the past decade. Your appearance at symposia has been rare or scheduled and then canceled at the last moment. Finest archaeologist of this century is now shrouded with a cloak of mystery. And as a result, my reputation is no doubt grown. So this is uh, actor Norman Lloyd, who used mystery. to be on that old was a tower of medical show. Them. But as a general Seen idea, elsewhere. your statement holds. So, what have you been doing for the past decade? Are you familiar with micropaleontology? Yes, it's the study of fossil records at the microscopic level. I read your papers on the subject, but... That was years ago. It seemed as though the work had stopped. No. The work continued. I made a discovery so profound in its implications that silence seemed the wisest course. This work has occupied my every waking thought. It's intruded upon my dreams. It's become my life. When finished, and I announce my findings. It'll be heard halfway across the galaxy. Tell me. I cannot, Mr. Picard. That information comes with a price. Your agreement to join me on the final leg of this expedition. How long? Three months, perhaps a year. If I had complete diplomatic access and a starship, be a matter of weeks. But as it is, we'll only have my shuttle and whatever arrangement we can make with transports, combined with our talents. Why do you need my help in this? I'm not a young man. There will be hazards along the way. I don't want my own inadequacies to jeopardize the completion of this work. I'm deeply honored that you should think of me, but Kind of like captain of the Enterprise. I have responsibilities. To history. What if you could have helped Schliemann discover the city of Troy, been with Mattel when she first stepped on Yassim? How can anything compare? May I sleep on it? Dream not of today, Mr. Bigard. Dream not of today. The night blessing of the Yashel. As I recall, you missed that question on your final exam. Well, I've had a few years to look it up. Professor, the Enterprise is yours for as long as you're here. Thank you. Dream not of today. So obviously Picard's kind of intrigued, but you know, it's the Enterprise and he has this responsibility to the, to the ship and crew. But Good morning. You know, maybe I can just kind of use whatever. Looks like you've been up for a while. Yes. Let's hear it. I had a long talk with Professor Galen last night. He asked me to leave the Enterprise and to join him in an archaeological expedition which could last for nearly a year. That must be tempting. I couldn't leave the Enterprise. But the offer raised in me certain feelings of regret. That you could have been an archaeologist and not a starship captain? No, not really. 
I'm not sorry for the path that I chose. But the professor did not choose this gift at random. The many voices inside the one. He's got the little see, uh, artifact there. So. The past is a very insistent voice inside me. This gift is meant to remind me of that. And the exploration of space. Surely that must count for something. I wouldn't trade it for anything. And I would still make the same choice that I made all those years ago. I just wish that I didn't have to say no to him a second time. Were you two very close? I had a father. But he was like a father who understood me. And he had his own children, but they didn't follow in his footsteps, so... I was like the son who understood him. And yet you turned your back on him. In a way, I wish that he'd never come on board the ship. Good morning, Mr. Picard. Professor. The Vulcan ship will take as far as DS-4. An Al-Alien transport is scheduled to arrive at the station three weeks later, and they'll take us to Kair, and then we'll use a shuttle to get us to Idrié. Our first stop. Professor? Yeah. I'm afraid I won't be going. The Enterprise isn't something that I can leave and then come back to. If I go, I go for good. And it's not something that I'm prepared to do. This is not some undergraduate study project that you're turning down. There's the chance of a lifetime. Don't make the same mistake twice. You don't believe that my career in Starfleet has been a mistake? What are you doing at this very moment? A study mission. You're like some Roman centurion out patrolling the provinces, maintaining a dull and bloated empire. We both know that's not true. I know this. I know that as a scholar, you're nothing but a dilettante. Years ago, I gave you the opportunity to become the foremost archaeologist of your generation. Your achievements could have outstripped even my own, but no. You decided to reject a life of profound discovery. Okay, that's enough. On you're on my ship. Get off. I never wanted to become... Yeah. Will you come with me? I can't. I'll be going. But, Professor, you're not scheduled to catch the Vulcan ship for another two days. There's nothing for me here. Goodbye, Captain. Captain's log supplemental. We have completed our mission in the nebula and are en route to a diplomatic conference on Italian So they mentioned Seven. Deep Space Four here, which uh, they've, uh, one of the first times they've mentioned other Deep Space stations. At our present speed, we will arrive at the Italia system in 37 hours. Captain, I'm going for a walk in the Arboretum. I wouldn't mind some company. Captain, a distress call from Professor Galen's shuttle on screen. Enterprise, I'm being boarded. Transmission has been blocked. I have located the shuttle, sir. It is under attack. Take us out of warp. 
On screen. Hey, Iridian Destroyer. Battle stations! Aye, sir. Professor Galen is still inside his vessel, sir. His life signs are barely registering. Get him out of there. The shuttle is enveloped by a tractor beam. The transporter cannot penetrate it. Hail the Iridians. They are not responding. Return phaser fire. Disable their offensive systems. I don't understand, Commander. The phaser blast was not powerful enough to destroy the ship. Transporter room one, log on to Professor Galen and transport him directly to sickbay. Aye, sir. Yeah, that's a little glitch in this episode. There, there's supposed to be a line in the script about the they were engines were being overloaded or something like that on that other ship, but... Uh... He took a disruptor hit point blank. There is nothing I can do. Sure. I was too harsh. Yeah, so he's got this blast on his chest, and his uh, his former professor and mentor now has died. Uh, so of course, Picard will be like, "What the heck, Professor Shuttle? What did they want?" We're not sure. But it looks like they were trying to download something from his computer. When he was attacked, Professor Galen began to protect certain files in his computer memory. We were able to partially reconstruct the shuttle's computer, so at least we have some of those files. We found 19 different blocks of numbers like this one. What do they mean? They could mean anything. Unless we narrow the parameters of the search, it would be almost impossible for the computer to identify the pattern with any accuracy. We tried every decryption key on record in case Professor Galen was using some kind of code, but we still can't make heads or tails of them. Were the Iridians able to get the number blocks? At least some of them. It's impossible to know how many. Apparently the Iridians knew more about the professor's work than we do. They may have known what these numbers mean. Well, if they did, that information died with them. Not necessarily. The Iridians are information dealers. They may have been delivering these number blocks to someone else. Did they send a signal before they were destroyed? No, sir. We detected no transmissions. And there were no other ships in the vicinity. Did the shuttle's flight log show where Galen had been before coming to the Enterprise? Yes, sir. The logs indicate Professor Galen visited an unexplored star system, Rua 4. What's the distance from our present position? Four days at warp six, sir. The conference can wait. Set a course for the Ruhr system. So obviously now Picard's pretty uh, intrigued and, and wants to solve what uh, the professor was up to here. Ruhr 4 is a Class M planet. 67% of its surface is covered with water. Its landmass contains multiple animal species, including a genus of proto-hominids. Scan for earthworks and monuments that might indicate a previous civilization. There is nothing to indicate former occupancy by even a primitive culture, sir. Then what was the foremost archaeologist in the Federation doing here? He left the Enterprise in a Vulcan ship for Deep Space Four, and then an Al-Lian transport to Kayar, and then the shuttle to Indri-8. Mr. Data, what do we know about Indri-8? The Indri system was first identified by Federation vessels nearly 60 years ago. The eighth planet is L-class. 
It is covered with deciduous vegetation, unexplored, with no apparent evidence of civilizations, either past or present. The planet possesses no animal life whatsoever. Number one, we will proceed I think to also, um, the um the name Galen respect, is something Picard uses, doesn't he, when he goes undercover at one point and we're late in the, for the future? On Italia 7. I'm aware of the Federation's timetable, number one. Professor Galen visited here a few days ago, and he was on his way to Indri 8 when he was killed. There is some connection between these two planets. I'm going to find it. Aye, sir. Ensign, lay in a course for Indri 8, warp 7. So Picard is in his ready room now. He's kind of studying some of these numbers they uh, downloaded. How's it going? I thought that if I stared at these number blocks long enough, then I would begin to see some kind of pattern. So far, nothing. I meant, how's it going with you? If I had gone with him. Captain, you can't start thinking like that. You didn't abandon him. You chose not to abandon a lifelong career. It was the right decision and in no way responsible for his death. I realize that. I know how much the professor meant to you. And how much you want to find out what happened. But staring at these numbers isn't going to bring him back. The conference on Atalia 7 has been scheduled for six months. Starfleet is relying on your mediation efforts Counselor, to... this is not simply a case of me taking the Enterprise and its crew on some wild goose chase to purge myself of guilt and remorse. I will not let Galen's death be in vain. Now, if that means inconveniencing a few squabbling delegates for a few days, then so be it. I will take the full responsibility. Yeah, we're no. about to enter the injury system. Was sir. not right uh, Picard. Super we are approaching well. injury eight. Yeah, on our way. But Picard's pretty. Sensors are picking up severe atmospheric fluctuations on the planet. Assume a high orbit. On screen, Mr. Wolf. Some sort of plasma reaction is consuming the lower atmosphere. Can we stop it? No, sir. The reaction is global. All life on the planet is being destroyed, sir. Well, that's not good. Some kind of weird uh, bio uh, orangey mist that's going across the planet. Why would anyone want to destroy all the life on an uninhabited neutral planet with no strategic importance whatsoever? All the life. Perhaps the professor's number blocks had something to do with organic matter. If we narrow the search parameters to the biological database, it might increase the chances of the computer finding a match. I'll be in the lab. Pattern match found. Specify. The number blocks are mathematical representations of fragments of deoxyribonucleic acid strands. DNA fragments. Each a different life form from 19 different worlds. The planets that these fragments are from are scattered across the quadrant. No wonder it took the professor so long to collect them. But why? 
wait a minute. These fragments all seem to have similar protein configurations. They may be chemically compatible. Well, how can that be possible? They're different species from different planets. There should be no compatibility at all. I know. But look at the base pair combinations. They're uniform. If I'm right. Computer, connect the DNA fragments according to protein link compatibility. What is it? No idea. So this is not part of a natural design, Captain. This is part of an algorithm coded at the molecular level. An algorithm? Are you saying that these DNA fragments are elements in some kind of computer program? I know how it sounds, but there's no way this could be a random formation. This is definitely part of a program. This fragment has been part of every DNA strand on Earth since life began there, and the other fragments are just as old. Someone must have written this program over four billion years ago. So, four billion years ago, someone scattered this genetic material into the primordial soup of at least 19 different planets across the galaxy. The genetic information must have been incorporated into the earliest life forms on these planets and then passed down through each generation. But why would anyone do this in the first place? And what was this program designed to do? Well, we couldn't know that until we assembled the entire program and ran it. We've tried all of the DNA material in the Federation computer, but we haven't been able to come up with any compatible protein configurations. Then they must be from worlds outside the Federation. Mr. Data, how many people on the Enterprise are from non-Federation planets? Seventeen, sir. You know, this may be a long shot, but we should check each one of these 17 people to see if they have the correct protein configuration. I'll begin collecting DNA samples now. There's a I've deleted scene in this episode where she's doing program. some of that uh, with Mr. Uh, Mr. Mott, the barber guy, I think. I think he's Mr. Mott, the bar to keep barber. keep finding that piece of the puzzle. Mm -hmm. It's four billion years old, a computer program from a highly advanced civilization. And it's hidden in the very fabric of life itself. Whatever information this program contains could be the most profound discovery of our time. Or the most dangerous. And the professor knew that. Yeah, so obviously there's this situation here of all the, you know, humanoids, or a lot of the humanoids. Well, I having have been this connective sort of tissue, literally and figuratively. Looking for some clue as to where to go next. So far, nothing. Maybe we've been at this too long. Why don't we get some sleep and start again tomorrow morning? I was in the neighborhood. Hmm? When I asked the professor why he went all the way to Curl, he said... I was in the neighborhood. Doing what? Collecting DNA samples. There's only one planet in the Curlin system capable of supporting life, Lauren 3. No, there is no Lauren 3 sample from the data downloaded from the Professor's shuttle. If he did have one, it must have been taken by the Iridians when they attacked. Mr. Data, set a course for Lauren 3, maximum warp. I sir. So, you know, there is this... We are approaching the Lorne system. Slow to half impulse, take us into orbit above the third planet. There is a good chance that our competition may be here before us. Battle stations, Mr. Wolf. Aye. We are now entering orbit. On screen. You are right, Captain. We've got company, Cardassians. They are hailing us. 
on the screen. My name is Gull Osset. Identify yourself and state your business in this star system. I'm Captain Jean-Luc Picard of the Federation this Starship This is one of the uh, earliest uh, female Cardassians no we've seen why too I on TNG. Cardassians have no claims in this sector? I suppose not. But my admittedly hasty estimate shows one Federation starship and two Cardassian war vessels. Hey. Perhaps I have miscounted. Don't threaten not us. Not at all. But we are on a purely scientific mission. You have no reason to interfere with us. And you have nothing to lose by delaying a purely scientific mission for a few days. I invite you to withdraw. Captain, Klingon attack cruiser decloaking up the starboard bow. They are hailing us. This is the Klingon vessel, Matar. What are you doing here? Well, it's a party. Everyone's here. Klingons, Cardassians, Captain Federation. Captain Supplemental. It seems that we have not one, but two competitors in our attempt to complete Professor Galen's puzzle. I have prevailed upon the Cardassian and Klingon captains to meet with me. I believe we all know why we're here. If we can admit that, then we can move forward. We were merely scouting the planet for possible colonization. Ah, a ridiculous story. <laughs> what were you doing here, then? Scientific research. Ha! Look, if we the try Klingons? to see one another... Uh, I don't think so. Nowhere. I think we all know about Professor Galen's research. And about the computer program composed of DNA fragments. Well, maybe we do. Maybe. I think we'll we do. silence as a confirmation. Now, yeah. It sure. stands to reason that none of us have the DNA fragments necessary to complete the program. You were the first to arrive in this system. Do you have an organic sample from the planet below? Yes. And I will fire on anyone who attempts to obtain another one. As if we fear Cardassian threats. I believe that one of you has a fragment from Indri 8. Yes. And there will be no other samples from Indri 8. What is that supposed to mean? He destroyed the biosphere of the planet after he had taken the sample. <sighs> Typical Klingon thinking. Take what you want and destroy the rest. We're all missing some of the fragments, not necessarily the same ones. But unless we combine the ones we have, we will never learn the secret of the program. There is no secret. It is an ancient weapon design of incredible power. And the Klingon Empire will not allow it to fall into an enemy's hands. Or even a friend's. A weapon? The Uridian who sold us the information claimed that the program would yield the key to an unlimited power source. But until we assemble it, we will never know its purpose. <laughs> He's right. As far as we know, it might just be a recipe for biscuits. Biscuits? If that is what you believe, then go back to Cardassia. I will send you my mother's recipe. How dare you! Neviap! Enough! Without cooperation, we will get nowhere. What do you propose? If you each bring your samples on board the Enterprise, I will combine them with ours. And then, we will all observe the results simultaneously, giving no one the advantage. And if we refuse? Then this endeavor dies here, in this room. Mm-hmm. Work together, work together. Okay. You show me what you got and I'll show you what I got. Captain. That's a good, uh, 
Good strategy. I like the uh, this the the little connecting Excellent. dots uh, on the screen that they're showing. Kind of reminds me of the Force Awakens with the maps to leading to Luke. There's still one missing piece. Ah, we have surrendered what we had for nothing. You are remarkably short-sighted, New Dak. We are closer to the answer than we were. We may be very much closer indeed. How can that be? We have no idea where to start looking for the missing DNA fragment. This is a jigsaw puzzle whose pieces are scattered across the galaxy. Doesn't it make it natural to assume that the original designers of the puzzle should want us to find it? Why else would they have put the pieces in our DNA? And, in turn, wouldn't that suggest that they would try to make it easy for us to find those pieces? That there might be some pattern to the distribution? The computer might be able to find that pattern. Doctor, program the computer to analyze the distribution of the pieces that we have, correcting for changes in star configurations over four billion years, then extrapolate for the missing piece. That's going to take several hours to set up and to process, excuse me. If you wish, you can stay on board while we wait. I intend to. That still seems to be a little bit of a leap to me, you know? Like, I mean, there there's lots of worlds and stars out there, and to, you've got, like, you know, 20 Good pieces evening, of Commander something, and, and it's going to lead you to the last one. Captain, <laughs> is there any word yet on the missing fragment? The computer is processing the data. I will be notified as soon as there is any information. Commander, your reputation for physical strength is known even in the Klingon Empire. You are familiar with the Bahat Kul challenge? I am familiar with many Klingon rituals, including the Bahat Kul. So he sits down with, uh, puts his arms up, the Klingons. And, and Data just puts him down like, it's like double arm wrestling. And then he, he, he heads butts Data. My upper spinal support is a poly-alloy designed to withstand extreme stress. My skull is composed of cortonide and duranium. And the Klingon just falls back on his butt. He likes it though, kind of. <laughs> I understand your intellectual prowess is equally impressive. If I were to learn of the results from the computer search before the others, the Klingon Empire would have a strategic advantage. A being of your abilities would go far in the Empire. You were attempting to bribe me. <laughs> Not at all. You suggested a plan that would work to your advantage. One that Don't I would be try to bribe Data. He's probably the last you one you want to try. Reward. Clearly you were... Commander! Never mind. Yeah, it's a funny scene. I like that one. So, Jordy, this we're down in engineering. Computer, run a level three diagnostic on the primary defensive systems. The forge to Captain Picard. 
What is it, Jordy? You might want to come down here. I found something that I think you should see. The computer has completed its analysis. The computer was able to extrapolate this geometric pattern based on the distribution of the fragments. Computer, highlight the section of the missing pattern. The missing DNA fragments should be in this system. The star is in sector 21459, the Ramazad system. Cardassian, she beamed back and they're firing on the engines of the other ships. Hit on our port nacelle. They are powering up for another volley. Let's make it look good. Anson, release the inertial dampers. Aye, sir. They are firing. So the ships made them, made them ships look like they're the drifting. The power the structural integrity field protected the nacelles. We used the inertial dampers to simulate complete shield failure. It is fortunate that your engineer discovered Gull 06 attempt to tamper with your defensive systems. Bata! Status! Minor damage to starboard nacelle. We will be operational in less than one hour. What? You incompetent Topa! You were supposed to be prepared! The Cardassian vessels have set a course for Ramazad. Well, it won't take them long to realize that Ramizad is the wrong planet. Captain, you're very welcome to join us. I will go with you. Hanson, set in a course for the Vilmoran system, warp 9. Aye, sir. Engage. So they gave the Cardassians, obviously, the wrong I'm system all planet. Seven planets of the Vilmoran system. None appears to support life. How can that be? The professor's data depends Correction. on... Correction. The second planet shows evidence of an ancient ocean, now dry. It once supported life. Yes. And it still may. In a limited fashion, not detectable by our long-range sensors. Lay in a core, Sensen. Full impulse. Riker to transporter room one. Captain, we've located a planet that may still support life. We'll know in a minute. Any sign of the Cardassians? Not yet, but we don't know how long it'll stay that way. Acknowledged. So, uh, Worf and Picard and Dr. Crusher and the Klingon are going to beam life. down. A primitive lichen growing in a fossilized seabed. Transporter room one, I am programming the coordinates. Stand by. So one of uh, Jonathan Frakes' uh, comments about this episode is he, he really wanted to film this last bit of the episode outside, and but they just there, didn't have the budget for it. He thought it would have been much more interesting and impressive that way, and uh, but they had to do it in, you know, on, on the what they call the Planet Hell stage, you know, which they use for a lot of their uh, on sound stage. Captain, uh, we've got company. I'm ready to pull you out of there. Planet uh, sets that they did. One. So it's kind of a rock encrusted area. They they basically are not. Uh, there's no plant life or anything visible. You dishonorable Topa. Perhaps we could exchange insults some other time. I'm rather busy now. Well, it was quite a chase, wasn't it, my friends? Oh, and some Romulans just showed up. communicate between the Eridians and Cadassia. My ship was watching under cloak when Professor Galen's shuttle was attacked. And you have been shadowing us ever since. And now the reward. Step clear, please. I shall destroy the entire rock face and every trace of DNA with it. 
You will go back to Romulus empty-handed. Your superiors will be quite pleased. Perhaps we could come to a compromise? You give us the gene code and the Romulans... The seabed may be only partially fossilized. It could still contain organic material. Which would still contain the DNA. I will not be eliminated now. You can be eliminated by a disruptor. Now, what do you say to my offer? How can I be sure you won't kill me if I acquiesce? I've given you my word. Etched in stone, no doubt. No deals. There will be no deals as long as I am still alive. Do not press me, Klingon. So, uh, Dr. Crusher slips away to the side a little and scrapes off a little, like, algae stuff off of the, uh, rock. Program has been activated. I think it's reconfiguring the tricorder. We will die together, brother. Tashkota. And then Picard scans it, the diode emitted, adding it to something. the... And the tricorder just emits some sort of like a... Kind of like a holodeck kind of light. You're wondering who we are. Why we have done this. How it has come that I stand before you. The image of a being from so long ago. Life evolved in my planet before all others in this part of the galaxy. We left our world, explored the stars, and found none like ourselves. Our civilization thrived for ages. But what is the life of one race compared to the vast stretches of cosmic time? We knew that one day we would be gone, that nothing of us would survive. So, we left you. Our scientists seeded the primordial oceans of many worlds where life was in its infancy. The sea codes directed your evolution toward a physical form resembling ours. This body you see before you, which is of course shaped as yours is shaped, for you are the end result. The seed codes also contain this message, which was scattered in fragments on many different worlds. It was our hope that you would have to come together in fellowship and companionship to hear this message. And if you can see and hear me, our hope has been fulfilled. You are a monument, not to our greatness but to our existence. That was our wish. That you too would know life and would keep alive our memory. There is something of us in each of you. And so, something of you in each other. Remember us. So this is a very Gene Roddenberry kind of uh, story. That's all? That, that if you were they're not all dead, connected. I would kill her. The very notion that a Cardassian could have anything in common with a Klingon, it turns my stomach. Guard to Enterprise. Standing by, sir. Captain's log, Stardate 46735.2. Our frequent use of high warp over the last few days has overextended the propulsion systems. We're finishing minor repairs before returning to Federation territory. It's a shame Professor Galen didn't live to see the end result of his study. I can't think of anyone who would have appreciated it more. If it hadn't been for you, his dream to solve that puzzle would never have been realized. You left him a wonderful legacy. 
Yes, but it would have been a more fitting legacy if the message had not fallen on such deaf ears. Mm. You never know. Mm. Well, oh, I have to get this day started. Both of us. See you this afternoon. I like these little moments, in, you know, with Incoming Beverly and Picard in this episode. Put it through. Acknowledged. Captain, my ships are leaving orbit for Romulan space. Until our next encounter. Until then. It would seem that we are not completely dissimilar after all. In our hopes or in our fears. Yes. Well then, perhaps one day. One day. So Picard picks up a piece of the uh, little uh, statue thing and then uh, we fade out. I like this episode. Uh, it's different and you get to see this uh, idea of, you know, the seeding of the galaxy for all the humanoid races that uh, have been part of, uh, you know, Star Trek, the Federation and so forth. I think that's um, it's an interesting concept. It's you know they they brought it up a few other times in other episodes and things, like in the original series, the Preservers. Um, they um, you know there was even a comment in this some of the background in this episode that Ron Ronald D Moore wanted to connect uh, this ancient race with um, with the TOS um, the TOS Preservers from. Uh, for the world is hollow, uh, you know, or not, not that one. Sorry. Uh, the paradise syndrome. Ah, I can't believe it did that anyway. Um, but yeah, cool episode. I, I like Picard as the archeologist type, uh, person. Uh, I like the, uh, I like the idea that the, the characters on TNG or any of the Star Trek episodes, you know, have these other, um, like interests and hobbies and things they might've actually done. Uh, you know, with their lives rather than where they are now. I think that's a, it's a very uh, cool way of fleshing things out and it makes sense, you know, rather than just, oh yeah, I was always going to be in Starfleet and that's all I ever wanted to do. So uh, I'll take a short break and I'll come back and finish up today's show. This is Robert Picardo, the holographic doctor from Star Trek Voyager, saying hello to all the listeners of Treks in Sci-Fi. All right, I hope you enjoyed the uh, the Star Trek TNG episode, The Chase, and talking about Suicide Squad and other things today on Treks and Sci-Fi. Next week, like I said earlier, Dave will be back with uh, uh, next week's show with second part of his look at King Arthur, the legend of Arthur, son of Uther, right? <laughs> anyway, um, that'll be next week. The... Uh, the couple of weeks after that, I had been planning to go to Chicago Comic Con, and now it's possible and probably I'm not going to go. So there may be a little change in schedule. I was going to have an off week after Dave's show next week and then do a vidcast on Chicago Comic Con and, and then do the anniversary kind of show, uh, but or the 600th episode. 
also. And well, keep an eye on the forum. Uh, I'll try to post this too on the uh, on the Facebook group as well. But uh, I think I may change things a bit. Like I said, I don't think I'm going to go to Chicago Comic Con for a couple of reasons. Uh, but uh, I'm sure I'll, I'll get a show or two in there anyway. So, um, but until next time, uh, thanks again so much, everyone, for listening. I appreciate it very much. And uh, enjoy your week. Enjoy the uh, the Summer Olympic Games have started, which doesn't really hold a lot of interest for me. But uh, I know some people really like the Olympics and like watching that. So I hope you guys enjoy watching. And hopefully things will go smoothly down there with the way things are these days with uh, the world. So let's just say that. But um, go see Suicide Squad if you like comic book uh, movies this kind of thing, uh, you go see it. One thing I was a little surprised about is I thought I had heard this movie was going to be rated R at one point, but it was just PG-13 because there were a fair number of kids in the theater when I saw it. And I'd say that, um, I mean, there's some language in the movie and violence, of course, uh, but I didn't think it was any worse than any other PG-13 movie that I've seen. Sometimes comic book movies are actually, I think, a little less intense than a, than a like, a, say, a, a, a cop cop type movie or or something you know that's more real because uh, you know this is this is sort of a fantasy basically uh so it's um it's different so all right i'm gonna get out here thanks again and bye folks talk to you again soon bye bye